Hi, this is Pastor Wilson with Renew Church OC. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Our series, You Are, is about reimagining church as we move into the Brea Civic Center. Our hope is to ask again, what does God want to see when his children gather? I'm pretty sure he's not looking for conversations and connection emotionally with a few kids while everyone else watches them. We're trying to create a culture where everyone is involved and encountering Jesus. You are the worship team. You are a priest. You are part of the body. You are a missionary. Hey church, good morning. Um, I'm Pastor Kevin. I'm the college pastor here at Renew. And uh, I'm just feeling really blessed to be in this new space. And then even have a wife that would want to appreciate me this month. So I love how uh, it does feel like it's Pastor Appreciation Month every month, being married to her. But anyways, um, what I love about the convenience of this month is that it happens to be right after fall semester starts and right before Christmas and all the craziness of the holidays. So super convenient. Some of the best, deepest words of encouragement have been from you guys. Um, Anyways, I'm going to get us started. We're going to continue with our I Am series. And what we do here at Renew is um, we ask each other a question. This is a space where we can build community, uh, get to know each other's names, fellowship, and uh, open up the sermon this way. And so I want you guys to ask yourselves this question right here. Is what is something you can't accomplish or do alone? So turn to your neighbor and I'll bring you guys back in three to five minutes. Alrighty, perfect timing. I hear a lot of discussion. Um, there's a lot of things that you can't do alone. I think um, I don't want to do a lot of things alone. I'm very attached. I like to hang out with my people. Um, but one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that in high school, I was kind of this overglorified cheer captain. A little bit. I like to call it that way. Um, I oversaw... I was in student government, and I oversaw the cheer and high school spirit squad. It was a very prestigious role. Uh, It's how I got into all my colleges and got accepted. Um, But one of the main jobs was is to take a school campus that usually gets last place in its league and build it up to a powerhouse spirit squad. And so I remember one of my main jobs was is to be a rally speaker. And if you guys know those, those are probably the cringiest guys at your school. Uh, so that was me. So I come in with face paint, and I run into this uh, rally of all my closest friends and enemies in high school. And, and I, I come up to them, and I'm a senior year. I'm pumped up. Uh, I'm not showing a picture for a reason. Uh, I'm pumped up. I'm wearing a headband. And I go up to the senior cla- class, about four or 500 of you guys, and I start going, seniors, seniors, seniors. And it was kind of a response like this. <laughs> it was a very similar response like this. I didn't feel like I was hearing many seniors in the crowd. Um, and that's when I realized that this is going to take a lot more work, that I can't make school spirit come from one person. Um, so it all started with, I, I started to go into the drawing boards, and I hit up my best friend, and I say, hey, you're not my best friend if you don't help cheer with me at the next game. <laughs> and it worked, and it worked. And so my best friend joins me, and he buys face paint. He said, all right, I'll give you all of my leftover paint. So that's all we need. Uh, so we're too strong, 
And we rope in another friend, and they say, hey, I'll make signs. I do, I do make signs in student government, too. So now we're three people strong. And we go to that game, and we, we just rally people outside. We say, hey, anyone come on in, free tickets, uh, I'll give you free face paint. And we had eight people at the volleyball game. And we cheered our voices off. And it was this reminder that, um, that with those eight people, I'm not going to glorify and say it was a stadium, but with those eight people, they were louder than, than my voice could ever be alone. And uh, my, one, my one glory moment is that the Panther Pit is now 80 strong to this day. So, you know, come on, come on. That's really exciting. All right, that is my lasting legacy here on earth. Um, and I think about how this is such a parallel that the same goes for our series. That when we think about I am, I am on the worship team. I am on a priest. I am in the royal priesthood. I think about how our worship collectively is greater with our voices together. It's this greater and universal chorus and praise to the Lord when we lift up our voices together. And it's serving the Lord is meant to be as one people. So if you have your Bibles with me, would you please open up to 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to be starting off in verse 12. And the title of this message is, I am a member of the body. And it's the same way as I was a member of my high school Panther Pit praise team. We are also a member of the worship team, and now we're a member of the body. The Bible says this in verse 12, that just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And so according to this, what is Renew's identity? Well, I think the scripture is very clear in this, that we are one body in Christ. That we are one body, one worship team, one priesthood. In verse 12, if you look closely, Paul takes this body metaphor and says, you can't take an arm here, you can't take a heart here, a leg here, and, and you can't take another hand here and say, hey, pull yourself up together and do something. It, it doesn't work that way. It's you cannot take disconnected parts and have them complete a function. It's either one body or it ceases to exist. So the body is one. It either functions together or it does not. You can't say, wow, my hands are so gifted. They are so talented. Steph Curry uh, could take his hands. He doesn't say my hands make these threes. Steph Curry makes threes, right? And if you were to cut these hands off, they would cease to exist. They would, th these cut-off hands, some of the most gifted shooting hands the world has ever seen, would not be able to make threes apart from the body. I think about, um, you might have really big biceps. You might have woken up this morning and say, I'm really strong. You woke up in the morning, you're like Javi, and you think, wow, I'm so strong. But if you were to cut off Javi's arms, they would not be able to lift any weights. They would not be strong. They would not function anymore. It would die. And the point of this passage is this, that the essence of the body is unity, that we are one, that Christ is the head. Chapter 11 even goes to say in Colossians 1 makes that very clear that Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body. We are one. And so if we detach, we die. It's either we function as one or we don't function. If you're with me, take a look at verse 13. 
So for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether to, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Look at how many times one is used. Three, three or four times. Paul is emphasizing unity here. I think about how in the New Testament, oftentimes Christ calls us fellow heirs. He calls us fellow ambassadors, fellow partakers. There's this idea that there's this unity, unity, unity. And how did we enter into this body? How did we get into it? Well, the Bible says, the verses say, through one spirit. In this beginning, this entry point was salvation. That when we were baptized by the spirit, this was our entry point. It was through one door, one way, and his name is Jesus. So in verse 13, what is being baptized by the spirit? It's this. The Holy Spirit placed you into the body of Christ. The moment that you declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in the body. That was your entryway in. You were put into the body. And so no matter your life beforehand, Jew or Gentile, some of us are coming from a lot of different backgrounds, whether it's abundance or less, poverty, chief sinner or not, slave or free man. We were all baptized into one spirit by one God and into one family. And so Renew, this is our primary identity right here, that Christ has abolished every barrier, uh, that none of these distinctions exist in terms of our position and our blessing in Christ, that we are brothers and sisters in the body. I'm not saying that these distinctions don't matter, but they don't uh, exist in terms of Christ's position for us. And this is the body of Christ. It's it's when I think about the New Testament and Jesus, how can the tax, how can Zacchaeus, the tax collector, dwell and have dinner with the Roman citizens or with the citizens and the Jews? How can the Samaritan and the Jew become friends? Who else allows the leper inside to dwell together but the family of God through the Spirit? I'm going to pull up a picture of uh, our college students from Oikos because I love them. And, um, and when I look around at our church, and especially at this picture, it's one family right here under Oikos here at Renew. But you wouldn't be able to tell, or maybe you could tell, that there's about six to seven countries represented here. That we have one from India, we have one from Ivory Coast, we have many from Japan, we have some from Taiwan, Hong Kong, and so forth, and, and some from Mexico as well too. And I think about how all these different backgrounds no matter where we come, no matter how we were raised, no matter how uh, our beliefs or culture, whatever it may be, who else could make us a family but God through the Holy Spirit? If you're still with me, verse 15 through 20 goes on to say this. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And so what makes a healthy body? Well, I can tell you what's very clear is what is not a healthy body is the Corinthian church. 
I feel like they have two letters strictly dictating and instructing them of all the things that they were doing wrong. We had a series earlier in this year about how we were comparing Corinth to L.A., and we're just talking about the divisions, the fractions, the context of it, the wars that they were at with each other. And one of the a common thing that they would say is in chapter one is they would say, I follow Cephas. I follow Apollos. I follow Paul. And this is the modern day equivalent of a it's a divided body. And it's the modern day equivalent of saying, I, I follow Tim Keller. I follow Francis Chan. I follow John Piper. And now, because of this way, this division has seeped to the cracks of the foundation, now they're beginning to doubt if they even belong in the family. And now the enemy is spewing these lies. And so in verse 15 and 16, Paul builds this analogy uh, with wit and humor. I find this passage to have a lot of humor to it. Paul's trying to reason with them and bring their thinking to life in this. He's saying, imagine your foot is now talking. That's exactly what he's saying. And he's like, let me demonstrate the divisions that I see here. And it's as if your foot is saying, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. And it, for, it would for not for that reason stop being part of the body. Paul argues that if our feet and ears could talk, that they would be saying this. The Corinth church would be saying this. They'd be saying these outlandish things. When I was 19, uh, I wrote in my journal something outlandish as well. I wrote in my journal that I wanted to be a worship leader. And if you listen to my voice, that just doesn't make sense. Uh, I still have this journal to remind me and to stay humble. Uh, but it was for about a good year that I tried. And I remember uh, annoying my roommate, Kenan, at the time. He's a good friend. He used to work here. And I said, hey, man, give me strumming lessons for free. And I'm trying to be a great worship leader. And he says, Okay. And uh, after each lesson, about one week's worth of lessons, I say, so when do we get to the, the part where we start playing for people? And he says, not for a long time. <laughs> and I said, how long till I get to the point where I get to serenade Kimberly? And he says, not for a long time. <laughs> and, and even though God clearly hasn't, about a decade later, clearly hasn't made me a worship leader, I'm still on the worship team, right? That I'm still part of the body of Christ, right? And the body is, we're meant for worship, right? And so whether I'm a worship leader or not, I'm still part of the worship team. And so this is how outlandish the Corinth people were thinking about this. They were saying that, oh, because I'm not front stage leading in worship, I'm not even part of this body. And Paul is here um, bringing in this very real uh, analogy. And so we are diverse in gifts. And we are united in Christ. Paul says a healthy body knows two things, two things us in Corinth need to remember. One, that our, our diversity is God-given. That in verse 17 through 18, uh, that God didn't create bodies to have only one function, you know. I think about how um, that would even fall, if we'd have one function, if our whole life was just to eat leaves and then go to sleep and that was our life, like a koala or something. If that was the image of God right there, was one function, how gravely short that would fall, in my opinion, of the all-wise and all-powerful God who creates beauty and symmetry and harmony in all of his creation. It just wouldn't make sense. And so to rank some gifts as more essential is, is ridiculous. It's blasphemous. That God gives each of us a gift here. That he has given each one of you here 
a gift and some, and that he gave it with purpose to add to the body, to give to the body, to serve the body. And to think and say that that gift is, is less than than another would be, would be absolute blasphemy against God's own will and goodwill for his people. Amen? So I think about our staff team when I think about um, diversity is God-given. And I love our staff team here at Renew. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, it's another personality test. Um, and I think about how Pastor Dave, Pastor Wilson, and I are all sevens. And uh, what sevens means, we're really optimistic, we're high-spirited, we're playful, we're adventurous, right? Right, we're all these things, yep, yep. And could you imagine if our team, if every single person was a seven? How annoying that would be. <laughs> Half our team is already sevens and already has, we're at our limits. We're already at our limits. But God in his wisdom and sovereignty, right, he gave us Nina, who's a four. And when we're going on all of our tangents, all of our ideas, we're jumping for the stars, she grounds us. She offers a piece of wisdom and grounds us. And then we have Chrissy, who happens to be right like 99.9% .9 of the time. And Becca, who draws us to prayer. And Erwin, who's the realist who dissects all of our ideas. And we need each part of us. And there's this God-given diversity to our team, to our staff. And that even on Tuesday mornings when one of us doesn't show up to the staff meeting, there's a sense that a piece of us is missing. That there's a part of our body and a part of our team that is missing. That we'd be missing Nina's wisdom. That we'd be missing Pastor Dave's joy and, and excitement. And this leads to my next point in verse 18 through 20 is that your part matters. The Bible says, that, says this, that if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And so when I think of our church as this body, I think there's, there's not a better illustration than this in our diversity than a Thanksgiving potluck. We're 46 days away, people. We're almost there. We're almost there. And, and Thanksgiving potluck has so many parts to it, right? I think about this picture on this next slide, that there are so many parts to it. This is a very American one, too. So I believe that we could even add more to this. But, um, you know, I think about this pot, like there's the stuffing, there's the turkey, there's the pot roast, there's the, there's the cranberry sauce, there's the corn, there's the Brussels sprouts, there's those sweet Hawaiian rolls, you know, with butter. And there's the apple pie, of course. When I think about Renew, our church and when we meet is that it would be the best potluck. It would be this full feast. Uh, that where the whole family's invited, you know, we don't, you know, if a cousin doesn't show up with anything in his hand, we don't kick him to the curb. He's invited. He can eat. But there's this idea that all of us are playing a part in bringing something to the table. There's this idea that we don't want to show up empty-handed, you know. And if we think about this potluck in a spiritual way, in a gifts way, where we bring our gifts, our personhood, our experiences, our culture, our diversity to the bit, our friendship, and we get to serve that to each other. You know, my mom makes these famous brownies um, that I found out they're famous because they're a recipe on the side of the box. So they are famous. And I think about how when she brings them to potlucks, she uh, starts cutting them, starts serving them on plates as it's a given that everyone has to take one. She's wanting to serve each person like, you have to try my brownie. You have to be blessed by it. 
And I think about in the same ways that just like at a table, that when we bring things to the potluck, that we're serving each other our gifts, even before we even serve ourselves, before we even eat, that we're trying to offer our gifts to each other in service. And so my question is, is what are you bringing to the potluck? Some of you guys are bringing encouragement. You know, I'm not the strongest guy. I'm not the, I'm not the biggest guy that loves to carry things or helps or service. But what I do love is I love encouraging people. So that's what I'm bringing. You know, for another person, I think of, of Nina, and I was talking about her before, that she's bringing wisdom to the potluck. You know, she's offering these words that really just touch and speak to the soul, that na help navigate life. I'm thinking about faith. I think about Joseph in our college ministry, who he brings faith to the table. He brings this to the potluck, where he has this unshakable faith that God will come through, that God is going to move. And he offers that and serves that to us. A lot of us are bringing a lot of different gifts to the table, and one is not greater than the other, but it's a complete potluck when we all get to eat and serve together. So how do we continue to do this? What does a healthy renew look like? If you join me, the Bible says this in verse 21, that the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you either. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And so there's this church, that unity in Christ leads to diversity in gifts, and this creates harmony in the body. A healthy renew has harmony in the body. And how are we maintaining this har harmony? Verse 23 makes this very clear. That we remind each other that you are indispensable. You know, in the spirit of the text, I want to actually say the opposite this, the, of this. I want to say that I do need you. And I think about everything that we bring to the table is I do need you. When we uh, did this huge church to this uh, huge move to this church, uh, there was Steve. There's this guy named Steve here. And um, he, he owns a warehouse and offered to us his U-Haul. Steve and Patty are so generous. And to Steve, I say, I do need you. That our church wouldn't actually physically be here if it wasn't for Steve. And there was this beautiful moment that as we were moving things around, uh, that he said to me, don't pick up that box. Allow me to do it. You have a meeting later today, and you have another thing to get to. Let me serve you with this gift, his gift of helps and service. And, and, and put the cherry on top is that after that, he said, let me take you guys all out for all-you-can-eat sushi after. And we were just floored with that because after he spent a whole day and morning serving us, that he would continue that again and serve us again. again. I said this to the children's ministry, that we need you. I think about how my nieces are there. Delia and Emma are up there right now. And I remember the, the children that were in that children's ministry now that are now part of the youth group, that are following the Lord. And I think about how these CM or these children's ministry servants, how much we need them. 
that we can sit here in service and worship together and that they would be able to care for our children, that we would have peace of mind, that they would be being taught the Bible and that they're in good hands. To Tony and Tani, I say, we need you. I need you. I need coffee. I need you. I need you. I need you. Tony and Tani continue to do uh, refreshments at the front desk and serve us coffee. And I think about how uh, indispensable that they truly are in the truest sense. And they've done this for many, many years now. Secondly, and my last point is that we are independent. Verse 25 and 26 says that, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. When I read this passage, I think of the meridian. Um, I don't want to milk it too hard and be too harsh on them, but we did suffer there to a degree. (laughs) We did suffer there. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And when I think back to these moments, there's almost this, uh, this harmony when we struggled together. It felt like we were in the trenches of war at times. And now I'm being overdramatic. But it was so evident at the Meridian that we depended on each other, that we were indispensable. And the reason why is because if one person didn't show up and bring their gifts to the table, if they didn't show up, then church wouldn't happen. There would be no chairs to sit in if David didn't bring them in. There would be no AV if Larry or Everett didn't come in to plug in the cables. There would be no music if, if the worship team didn't come to sing as well. And so there's almost this, uh, this like, suffering that we experience there. We suffered through the pandemic. We suffered through heat waves and heat warnings with no AC. And when I think of this unity, the way that God has gifted us with each other and this harmony amongst each other, I think of this video that I want to share with you and that I feel like this embodies so well that it was one body that was changed, that lives for one purpose, and that is to worship. And so uh, I'm going to play the first two minutes of this video, and you can see our last setup of Meridian. Yeah, so I just want to invite you into this. That when it says if one part is honored and every part rejoices with it, um, we can pause the video. It'll go on for another minute and a half of old tweets. Um, When it says if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And I think about our new home here, the joy that we've had here and the abundance that we've been uh, experiencing and seeing God pour out. And we're rejoicing in that together. There's this shared joy that I really feel. But I think what makes it so much sweeter, that much sweeter, is that I remember the meridian and and, and the hard parts with it too, as long as the sweet ones. We're We're celebrating here, and I look at Pastor Dave and how much joy he has here. And it brings me deep joy that his wins are like my wins and his losses are my losses. And so this could be your first Sunday here at Renew, or this could be your thousandth or hundredth. But I just want to invite you to come and be family with us. That you'd be a part of a body that seeks Jesus' face. That this would be a place that you could find brothers and sisters that would would weep with you, as, as well as celebrate with you. And that this would be a place where you could offer and come to the potluck, to the table, 
with your gifts and serve other people before we're served. And so I just, play, I just pray that this would be a place where you would be blessed, that your gifts can bless it and be blessed in the process as well, as we are all under the head in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We, I just pray that we would always remember that you are the head, Lord, and we are the body. And when I look at the body that is before us now, Lord, I just pray that we would think humbly and that you'd be revealing to us the part and calling you have for us uh, to play here in this family. God, I just pray that we'd be able to bring to this, this festivity, I think of this wedding, this wedding feast, Lord, that we're each bringing to the table our gifts and serving each other. A smile, a prayer, a tear, and a hug, Lord. And I just pray that this would be this beautiful picture of a God that is diverse and so in all of his majesty and beauty as well, too, that this would reflect your goodness and how vast and how deep it is. Lord, please keep us together. Help us to remain in you. Keep us united. Help us to celebrate the diversity and how you've made us. And God, we just pray that your peace, your harmony would just dwell here richly, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Since I have you here, I wanted to give you a few more resources and talk about how you can invest in our ministry. If you look at the description section of this podcast, we have a website for the church and would love to have you come visit us when you're in town. We're in Brea, California. We also have tax-deductible giving avenue, and we would love for you to invest in our church and our seminarians as we have people coming in to become future missionaries and pastors at Renew. We want to train up the next generation of pastors to reach their generation for the Lord. There's also a few more resources. At the very bottom, I do a podcast with Roy Kim, who's an MF team. It's called The Same Boat, where we talk about issues from English ministries at immigrant Chinese churches to relationships and being single. I hope that you would enjoy this podcast with us as a way to talk off the pulpit and into our daily lives. And lastly, Nina and I wrote a children's book series called To Be, helping kids integrate their faith with their occupation. And on that website, there's also the adulting journal. If you're in your 20s or 30s and you're going through transition in career, relationship, or just rethinking your spirituality, this is a great space for you to examine inward and find what God has written on your hearts and in your values. I hope that those resources uh, would connect with your heart and that you would connect with us. God bless.